I want to first um, thank the choir for being here. Um, I first met them, and they may not all be some, they may be all new members and some new older members, but they had performed under a different name, so forgive me if I have to go back and look at the new name. So I want to thank the uh, Brighter Day Community Choir of Charlotte for uh, rendering music and song for us today. I also want to thank some of my friends who are here from House Charlotte, who have, um, from Ray Charlotte, who have uh, come to support me today as um, I bring the word. Today is a day of transfiguration, and we started out this morning with the atmosphere being constructed for us to prepare us for this word. So I invite you now to just go with me in prayer as the Holy Spirit uh, touches me and prepares me to render this word of uh, transfiguration today. Gracious Holy One, I stand before you now asking you to empty me completely and that you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that the words that are heard today are not my words, but the words you gave me to say. And the voice that you will hear will not be my voice, but it will be your voice so that others will know that you are in this space. I ask right now that if there's anything that I have said or done to harm anyone, that you forgive me now so that everything you put in me will come forth with true power. I ask right now that you give this congregation everything that it needs so that they will hear you clearly and that they will respond intently, that there is a work for us to do. And that when we leave this place, we will leave changed from how we came in. I ask that you bless this word. It is in your name that I pray. Amen. And here we go again. <laughs> So as I uh, prepare for this message, the one thing that was clear, because usually when I preach, I always tell you I'm struggling with the, the scripture. Well, there was no problem with the scripture this time. <laughs> the, the issues that I had this time was, what theme will I give it? And as I read the scripture, and I am going to read it again from the uh, Christian English Bible, God said, let's just make it simple. Are we listening? Our, our theme for the morning is, are we listening? There is a well-known preacher in Charlotte, North Carolina, who always asks the question, are we listening? Oftentimes, I am amazed by who is asking that very question. Is it just to say something, or is it just to ask something and does it really matter anyway? Who are we listening to in the first place? As a, child, as a child growing up, I remember my grandmother saying it this way. Did you hear me? <laughs> or what did I just say to you? And by the sounds of your laughter, this does sound familiar. 
someone is always trying to get our attention. And today, nothing is different as we see in the text in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. And I would like to read it in the common English translation. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. He was transformed in front of them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you want, I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, looking at a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces and were filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they only saw Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded, don't tell anybody about the vision until the human one is raised from the dead. Observing this conversation from a social justice lens, we are talking about more than Jesus' dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. We are talking about a fundamental change in the reality of humanity. Jesus is God's agent like Moses and Elijah and many of the other prophets who were sent to right the wrongs of humanity. So, Holy Covenant, let's sit in on the conversation we think is taking place on that mountain. We, just like the disciples, are looking on our onlookers, and like the disciples, are astound by this gathering of the elders in the ancestral realm with the holy, the living holy one, Jesus. For our gathering this morning, I would imagine that Jesus is receiving words of guidance and directions from the warriors of justice before him. We know from our biblical history that Moses is credited for freeing the Israelites from the torment and horror of the pharaohs. Moses also received the law on Mount Sinai. And we also know that Elijah was on the mountain as well as he represented the prophets. He was a mighty prophet during, during a turbulent time in Israel's history. Elijah's name actually means Jehovah is my God. His job was to encourage Israel to stop worshiping idol gods. For you see, these, worship, these idol gods contributed to their enslavement. Both Moses and Elijah revisits the earth were to their revisiting to the earth were to help rescue, enlighten, and eventually herald the Messiah. Elijah fought for the liberation from slavery. Isn't that what Jesus was doing? Isn't that what we are called to do? My focus this morning is on the directive that the divine gave to the disciples. Listen to him. 
The common, the common English version says it this way. Listen to what he says. The Almighty has basically told the disciples to trust what Jesus is going to tell them. In other words, follow his instructions. Jesus reinforces the message that obviously frightens the disciples by telling them they have nothing to fear. Many of us on, on this faith journey understand what it feels like to hear the divine call us out to stand and to be co-partners with God. Over the course of the past six years, we have been inundated with being asked to listen. However, the rhetoric we are faced with in this country, it is a throwback to the Jim Crow and segregation days where black and brown citizens are losing ground in our ability to exercise our voting rights. Housing is under attack. Health care is under attack. Women's reproductive rights are under attack. And if we want to say women's ability to make any decisions are under attack. Education is under, under attack, and our beloved LGBTQIA community is also under attack. So the problem we are facing in this country is not only to listen, but what do we listen to? For centuries, we have been listening to a false narrative about what God and Jesus and the church universal are calling us to respond to. We hear the voices of government from the national, state, and local level also telling us to listen. But if we go back to the author of creation and just review for a brief moment, we will understand that we were all created in the image of the creator. So I will argue that just maybe our direction and our guidance of who we should listen to comes from the direction of the divine, the creator. After all, who knows better what it will take to correct the wrong and evil we have encountered over centuries and decades of misinterpretation of the holy word. The illustration of Jesus' transfiguration is for us to get a deeper sense of what happens to us when we have an encounter with the holy. Our whole lives take a 365-degree turn, and we are transformed or converted. For us, this is a continual process, as Paul suggests to us in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The illustration on that mountain in front of the disciples was to send a message that Jesus had a larger purpose and the disciples were to be co-partners in that great work. Being in the midst of Moses and Elijah reinforced that the, the meeting was pivotal in regards to the continuing struggle to shape humanity into a beloved community where all are to be loved unconditionally and to be embraced culturally. Notice, I did not use the word race because we know that race was a construct used to co-opt the Bible, just as gender and gender orientation. 
Nowhere in the scripture do we ever see Jesus speaking about gender or sexual orientation and or the color of one's skin. Jesus' focus was always on the injustices, such as food insecurity that we still see today, such as housing that we still see today, such as healing that we still see today, and job insecurities. The community experience, the community experiences at the hands of the empire and the religious elite who conspired together and, and exploited anyone who did not belong in their club. Do we see any similarities here today? Transfiguration, for me, suggests a change, a move from Trans, if we look at the prefix, trans means to go across or to go beyond. As Peter, James, and John were on the mountain with Jesus, they witnessed him becoming bright as the sunlight. Jesus was being transformed, if you will, into the persona of the divine. A difference. This difference comes with divine power a power which empowers humanity to stand in the halls and the byways, the streets, and in the worship centers, the temples, to demand liberation and equality for all of God's creation. Just like God called James, Peter, and John to listen to Jesus, I invite us to do the same. God helped the disciples to understand that there was a direct connection between the divine and Jesus. And furthermore, Jesus could be trusted. So Holy Covenant, what we need to know as we move about our daily journey in a world where we are pulled in many directions and asked to listen to, we need to know who we can trust. History is showing us time after time through many of our ancestors who listened to Jesus, followed courageously in spite of the dangers as they knew it was worth fighting for the liberation of God's creation. Just in case we need a reminder, may I call the roll this morning. Harriet Tubman listened when she worked with other abolitionists to help enslaved Africans escape to freedom. And this is what she said. If you hear the dogs, keep going. If you see the torches in the woods, keep going. If there's shouting after you, keep going. Don't ever stop, keep going. If you want a taste of freedom, keep going. Frederick Douglass, an abolitionist, an orator, an author, and a fighter for justice, makes it plain when he says the striking forward, his striking forward thinking motto, he says, right is of no sex, truth is of no color. God is the father of us all, and all we are brethren. Now, I believe if Douglas were alive today, he would end it by saying, God is the creator of us all, and we are all siblings. 
John Brown became an abolitionist in 1837. After the death of a friend and fellow abolitionist, Presbyterian minister, Elijah Lovejoy's brutal murder. It was then that he vowed, and he says, here before God in the presence of these witnesses, from this time, I consecrate my life to the destruction of slavery. John Brown, listen. Ida B. Wells listened as she spent her entire life working to make the world aware of the atrocities of lynching to force an end to such a travesty on black lives. It took 104 years to get a bill passed. On March 29, 2022, President Biden signed into law the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act which makes lynching a federal hate crime. This all started as a result of the work of Ida B. Wells. Ella Baker listened when she galvanized the movement and became the mother of the civil rights movement. She began her work as a student at Shaw University as she made sure student issues were addressed fairly. She worked in the NAACP, co-founded Friendships to Find to fundraise to fight Jim Crow laws. She helped Dr. Martin Luther King organize the civil rights movement. Don't hear a lot about that. You have to dig deep to get that information. She co-founded the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, known as SNCC. She believed voting was one of the keys to freedom in this country. She also believed that until everyone in this country had jobs, Freedom would not be possible. Ella Baker listened. Fannie Lou Hamer, also a member of SNCC, a civil rights activist, fought racial segregation and injustice in the South. Fannie Lou Hamer would say, you can pray until you faint, but if you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. Her most memorable quote, I am sure some of you may feel the same way, and I know I do. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Fannie Lou Hamer, listen. Mega Evers fought against the cruel Jim Crow laws, protested against segregation in education, launched investigations into the Emmett Till lynching, held economic protests, he left us with these words, as long as God gives me strength to work and try to make things real for my family, I am going to work for it, even if it means making the ultimate sacrifice. Mega Evers listened. And today, we have Dr. William Barber, who's carrying on the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr as he fights for the rights of the underserved communities. Now during COVID, they were called Accenture workers, but I see no distinction in the labels. We are all Accenture workers trying to live safely, healthily, and secure in our communities. We all want the same things in life. Dr. Barber, Barber sums it up, sums up my message this morning with these powerful words. 
we must be honest about the foundation of the political and economic systems we call America. I love America because of her potential. But I know that America will never complete the work of reconstruction. We'll never end, we'll never even get close to being a more perfect union until we are honest about her past and the politics of her rejection. And as a preacher, Lord help me, I must tell the truth about how the Christian faith has been used to whitewash the rejection that stains our nation's soul. As I was preparing the sermon, there is an African hymn, and you have it in here, um, that was playing over and over in my head. And you may remember hearing the words, and we will be singing the words today. We are walking. We are walking in the light of God. 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 We are walking. Ooh, we are walking. If we believe we are walking in the light of God, then I believe we walk in the power of hope, love, and peace and with the audacity to make it so, as we listen and follow the greatest radical, the greatest revolutionary and justice warrior, Jesus. Holy Covenant, my question for us today, are we listening? And to who are we listening to? Ashe and amen.